Good morning. Today I am speaking to Wes Martin for the second time on the release of his new series. Good morning, Wes. Would you like to tell everyone about yourself and tell us about the new book? Okay. Yeah, of course. I'm Wes Martin um, and um, I've been invited along for a second interview um, with Donna, um, I, I'm, which I'm totally surprised about. <laughs> To the first interview notes. Fantastic. First interview was fantastic. Um, so I'm here to find out what questions Donna's got lined up for me the second time. And yeah, she's right. I'm, um, I have just released a new series or released the first book in the new series, um, which I've got a copy of here. Like um, It's called The Killing Pit. Very, uh, very happy title there. The Killing Pit is set in a fictional town in northeast of America called Blue Falls and the protagonist Jake Petman who is some of you will know is from the uh, DCI York thrillers um, has gone to northeast America has gone to Blue Falls to hide away from something obviously I don't want to give too much away so I'm not telling you what he's hiding from um, and I'm not telling you why he went there but those those things will be revealed in the book should you pick it up and it's the first of three books. Um, the second book, um, which is called Fire in Bone, is released in two months' time, so the end of June. And then at the end of October, I will release the third and final book in the trilogy, which is called Blue Falls itself. Um, and yeah, um, that, that's really where I'm up to regarding the writing. Um, and in regarding myself, I think you asked about myself. Um, I'm a part-time, um, so I work in schools, uh, part-time, which is about three days a week, um, working in English departments across uh, the north of England. I bounce from English departments to support them with the secondary teaching. And two days a week, I sit behind this computer and write. So that is me in a nutshell. I wasn't too wordy. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so what made you decide to start a new series? I, I reached book six of the DCI York series, uh, which is set in Salisbury in um, England, so in Wiltshire. And yeah, you know, the DCI York series was going very well. You know, I had a number of story arcs running through that series of six books that kind of reached natural conclusion. I didn't close it off completely, as people who've read it will know, but there were some natural storylines that kind of closed themselves off at the end of it. So I just fancied a new challenge, and Jake Petman was one of the, the main characters in the DCI York book. He was DCI York's closest friend, um, a detective sergeant, um, who was you know, the polar opposite of York, you know, more disorganized, um, more um, prone to take matters into his own hands, maybe less of a team player than York, and also, you know, a magnet for trouble. So he got himself into a bit of trouble in one of the DCI York books, and, and that gave me a way in to, to explore the character further his own series and I just thought it felt like a natural progression from the York books to explore um, where Jake's 
failings, because they are failings, have taken him to this point. And that's the reason. Um, if you were to be transported as a character into either of your two series, which would you oh, choose? Uh, which one would I be safer in? Uh, <laughs> no, I I'd be, no, I don't think I would particularly safe in either. Um, you've read, you've read uh, the first of the York books and the first of the um, Jake Petman books. What, what do you think, Donna? Where do you think would be the safest place? Um, I think you should just just not bother, really. <laughs> just just <laughs> go that, into hiding. <laughs> the best option is neither of those places. But do you know what? I, I think I would opt for Salisbury because it's beautiful. And I lived there for several years and I still visit regularly to research the York books. And it's a beautiful medieval town um, with a, a fantastic cathedral in the centre of it. Centre of it, sorry. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful atmospheric place. Um, I can't really visit uh, Blue Falls because it doesn't exist. Um, I'm sh it's it's modelled on a lot of sort of small towns in America, northeastern small towns. Um, you know, there's um, some indigenous people there. there there's um, it's close to Canada. It's close to uh, border with Canada. Um, and it, again, you know, it's it, it's it's based on beautiful places. Um, but maybe places that are a bit more lawless. So I think it has been safer. I would definitely be safer in Salisbury. Although if you've read the DCI York books, then uh, trouble has a way of finding you there as well, I'm afraid. So I'm going to go with Salisbury anyway. It's my final answer. <laughs> Good choice, I think. <laughs> um, what was the most interesting you see, thing you found while researching the new series? Well, I, as I researched the Abenaki um, tribes um, there, the, the, the indigenous, the, the, the obviously the people there long before you know, we showed up, um, and I, I researched some of their heritage and researched some of of their beliefs and their sense of community, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it, especially um, the, the second book. Um, there's a river that runs. So Blue Falls is one of three towns around a river. So there's Blue Falls, the Sharon's Edge, and there's New Lincoln. And these three towns are around a river called the River Skewerder. Okay. Now the River Skewerder is a um, Abenaki word for fire and bone. So that's why the sequel is called Fire and Bone, because it's based around a rather grisly discovery in, in the river. So researching elements of their language, researching elements of, of their way of life, um, you know, was particularly interesting. And, and what I liked about one of the characters in the book, so I have a character called Peter Sheenan in the book, um, and he, he, he was sat on a council um, supporting local people, Abenaki people. So I found that very, very interesting, building that sense of community, uh, a different kind of community that I've ever really been involved in, in research before. So that was particularly interesting. And there was also, I, I did research things to do with, um, well, other stuff to do with like blood sports and, and things to do with, with, with rather Un un unfortunate things that do go on in the world as well, but I won't spoil too many surprises. Yeah, part of me wants to ask you about that, but obviously it's such a big thing. Like, was that hard to write though? It's 
it's it was hard to write um, because you know I'm a dog owner and you know the idea of of, of, of dog fighting existing um, is a particularly hard one to swallow. But but ultimately it does exist like anything, and it does exist in those small communities. Um, and I wanted to explore it and. And the fact that, and I think, you know, after releasing the book, you know, one or two people mentioned that they, you know, that it's not something that they would read because of that. But as I pointed out, the main character, one of the main characters, Peter Sheenan, he's an ex-Vietnamese uh, vet, and he was with the K-9 Corps when he was over in Vietnam. So when he was over in Vietnam, he, he was, you know, he, he was part of like the, the, the army that, that had the dogs, and had that they each had their own dog. So he, he grew very close to his own dog. Um, and of course, when the, the Vietnamese, uh, sorry, when the soldiers were pulled back, the the dogs were deemed surplus to requirement and they weren't pulled back with, with people. So some of them ended up going to the Vietnamese, some of them ended up being put down. And it's just a really tragic story behind what happened to those dogs. So he's a passionate dog lover. So as the main antagonist, Jotham McLeod, Jonathan McLeod, sorry, he's the main antagonist and he kind of has the town in his pocket, but he's also a dog breeder and he's a dog breeder that breeds pit bulls for fighting. So obviously that, that sets up a nice conflict between Peter Sheenan, who adores dogs, and Jonathan McLeod, who, who does, who breeds dogs for fighting. So, so that sort of conflict between the two characters I think is, is something to enjoy and then at the end obviously without giving too much away the, the resolution then you know should hopefully put people at ease who, who felt you know it's, it's something to be happy about at the end to cheer about you know it's, it's kind of putting a stop to that kind of activity if you see what I mean so I think ultimately these things exist I understand why people wouldn't would want to ignore them but at the same time I like to explore these things getting incorporated so you see what I mean be resolved and I think that's part of one of the one of the storylines in the book not the whole book <laughs> yeah you have quite a few um <clears throat> sort of more of controversial storylines you've managed to cram into one book <laughs> yeah um I, well I do yeah and I think it all comes from natural research and, and learning about things that that occur and then, and then looking at the situation and looking at how my characters would react to that and how hopefully they can solve those problems. Why have you decided to just make this a trilogy? So, sorry, Donna. Why have you decided to just keep this one a trilogy? Well, just again, the natural arcs will will come to a close in in, in the third book. Um, so I'm currently writing the third book. The, the second book is finished. Um, actually, we're at the end of next month. The third book um, I'm currently in the process of writing, and the natural arcs surrounding the characters introduced in the first book will come to a close. Um, Will there be potential to continue? Well, I don't want to give too much away, but, but there might be. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to where I feel that, that I'm up to at that point. You know, I've got the York, I've got the characters based around the York thrillers back in the UK, back in Salisbury, 
I've got D.I. Emma Gardner, who's a very popular character. I've got the uh, antagonist Lacey Ray, okay, who, who's, you know, come back several times uh, in my books. Actually, Jake, Jake Petman's ex-girlfriend from a long, long, long time ago, um, but who is also uh, a malignant narcissist who, who comes back and causes a lot of problems in the books. Um, and she's very popular, you know, I get, often get, you know, emails and um, contacts with, with readers who, who say that, you know, she's her, that, that she is their favorite character. And so I've got ideas with her as well of, of where I might take her character. So, so there is a lot, there is a lot of balls being juggled at the moment. And ultimately at the end of the day, I don't want to say the Jake Petman series will end next book but it will reach a natural conclusion in terms of the story arcs that I've set up in, in the killing pit so as you'll know from reading it, it you know it ends with the story arc still in progress and that will continue over the next two books um, and uh, and then after that who knows maybe back to England maybe stay in America we'll see we'll see where the uh, the urge takes me at that point. And <laughs> um, would you like to write any standalones? Um, yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, you know, I've thought often about writing standalones. Um, I think the problem that I have or would have with standalones is, is I would write, I know this would happen, I would write the standalone and I would enjoy the characters that much and I, and I would know that the true way to develop a character is over several books, over a continuation, because, you know, it, it, it's almost like it is a real skill, I suppose, to develop characters in a standalone that, that, that would be fully formed in the standalone. And it would be a challenge I'd like to take on. However, I do feel that I love the way that the character can take itself places if you let it continue. And quite often, if you develop a character in a standalone, then, then I'd feel like a bit restricted then. I'd feel like, well, where could this character go next? Am I never going to find out? Am I never going to explore that opportunity? It's like Lacey Ray in One Last Prayer for the Rays. She was only going to be in that particular book. But then I thought, well, I'll bring her into the next book and see what she does. And before I knew it, she's got this whole sort of uh, motivation, the whole background that's sort of fleshing itself out as we go. And it, it's, it almost seems a bit of a shame sometimes to stop it. So I think in answer to your question, I, I, I probably will write standalones at some point, but I am having a lot of fun writing about these existing characters at the moment. The great thing about having a character in this book was in the last book, it was easier for me to, to, to sort of put him in the center of all this new, this new activity and, and for it to work quite well. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Not sure it did, but <laughs> you know, I hope it did. <laughs> yeah, about it's fine. <laughs> um, do you ever dream about your characters? Um, yeah, um, I do. You know, I, 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 I'm a vivid dreamer anyway, so they do often pop up in dreams. But I have to say that most of my creative thought process actually comes driving to and from my work on the days that I'm teaching because as I mentioned before my job is um I work for a trust and 
one of my jobs is, I'm, well, I'm an English director, so I support schools, um, disadvantaged schools generally, or schools that are struggling across the north of England. And I go into these schools and uh, I support the English department in terms of raising, raising achievement in the students and raising aspirations in the students as well. And for that, I have to do a lot of teaching, which is nice because I, I really enjoy that. Um, and I have to drive a lot. I'd say on average an hour each way a day. That hour gives me time to sort of uh, meditate on, on, on characters and what's going on. So at the moment, I'm like, you know, writing to Blue Falls, the, the third book in the trilogy. And, you know, I'm still fleshing out the plan. I've written bits and bobs of it, but most of it's still in the planning stage making sure that it all ties as we see all those arcs together nicely at the end. I don't want to feel any readers to feel unsatisfied with the conclusion. So I often spend two hours a day reflecting on, on, on those characters and that, and that helps I think, in terms of what, what comes out on the, on, the, on the finished page. Yeah. Um, do you have any trouble letting go of the the dark place you must need to get to to write your books? Um, I suppose, yeah, I mean, I don't, like, I guess that when I'm with my children or, I'm, you know, with my family or it's the weekend, I don't think about those things as much. That's a kind of break. When I'm teaching at school or, or, or meeting people at schools, I don't tend to think about it. So I have those those breaks anyway, just, just from being you know, just existing, I think. Um, in terms of, you know, whether these things bother me too much, I think I, I grew up, you know, interested in crime thrillers, interested in horror films, interested in, in, in all the things that probably inspire what I write. Um, and I wouldn't say I was desensitized, but I would say that, you know, these things, they can, they, they can shock me, obviously, everyone's, you know, you know I'm not a, a sociopath, you know, I, I can be shocked and, and can feel emotion, but, but I think I can learn to separate the reality from, from the fiction. I think I'm very good. I've read a lot of books and I've watched a lot of films and I've learned to separate the reality from the fiction. So when I'm writing and I'm spending those few hours, you know, putting together a rather dark scene, I think my transition back to reality is fairly quick. I don't, I don't struggle. I don't, I don't sit there, you know, staring into space when, when my wife comes home from work or anything. So <laughs> I, I, there's no concerns there. And like I said, you know, I always try to take it towards a resolution eventually. Might take a few books, but I take it towards a resolution in which, you know, good triumphs over evil anyway. And if good triumphs over evil, then we can all sleep, um, you know, soundly in our beds tonight so that's what I try to do <laughs> so again you know a question that I'm not sure I answered but <laughs> um, if you were able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend the day with you asked me this one last time and I can't remember what I said so now I'm probably going <laughs> to give a totally different answer um Keeps you on your toes. <laughs> am I allowed to is it dead or alive yeah um well, I, can't, I could mention some of the other groups, uh, authors that probably people are familiar with <laughs> watching this at the moment, um, and I could quite happily drink with them, but I won't embarrass them. 
because then I might have to tell stories about, you know, what they're like when they're drunk and some of it's not pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've I'll, heard that, <laughs> especially yeah, for Batchman. <laughs> yeah, so I'll stick with ones that I've never met. Um, so who would I like to spend some time with? I'll tell you what I'm, I'm really enjoying at the moment, the John Connolly books. I don't know if anyone's read the John Connolly books, which we all have, um, the Charlie Parker books. So I'm quite enjoying them at the moment, so I'd spend some time with him. He sets his books in quite obscure places in the middle of nowhere as well, um, dark shrouded mysterious atmospheric places so yeah I, I could spend a few hours with him and talk about where he gets his inspirations from so if you manage to interview him Donna then I'll, I'll tune in and, and watch that <laughs> okay no pressure then yeah. <laughs> yeah if you can get if you can get him on on, on here I think okay. you could do I'm sure you could yeah well I'll try I can only ask <laughs> um who was your first celebrity crush? First celebrity crush? Mm. <laughs> That's an odd one. Um, first <laughs> celebrity crush. I told you I've had practice. <laughs> <laughs> and this is now one of my favourite questions. First celebrity crush? I think though, going back a long time, my first celebrity crush was probably when I'm a child. So if I'm a child, you know, could be a cartoon character or... Are they class as celebrities? For you boys, generally, cartoon characters are the first. Well, they will be, won't they? I, I quite like the, the Scooby-Doo, what's she called? It's, oh, Velma. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a weird one where I quite like one of the Fraggles. Uh, <laughs> she called Red. Do you remember Red out of the Fraggles? She had the red hair. I was pretty in awe of that, that, that <laughs> character. I can't remember how old I was. About 15? No, <laughs> no idea. Probably about five, maybe older, seven. I'm not sure. You'll have to do some research. But yeah, I think, yeah, I have to admit the first, my first crush was, was a fraggle. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love it because the women <laughs> go bright red and it's either David Casty or um, one uh, Donny Osmond. And then the boys, it's cartoon characters. Very interesting. <laughs> But that, yeah, it is, isn't it? But yeah, I imagine that's fairly common then. I'm not sure about the Fraggle one. Maybe you should throw that out there. See, see if I'm alone <laughs> in that one. I don't know. I, I hope put a survey on my page today, actually. Let's yeah. see what people... <laughs> but yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But yeah, I do remember fancying... The... Yeah, right, anyway, let's move on. You're taking this, Donny, you're taking this interview into darker places than even I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm so sweet, I'm evil, yeah. <laughs> and I like to embarrass you, and it's fun. Okay, well, that, there's, the truth is out now. So, <laughs> thanks for that. You're welcome, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another fun question for me, what would those closest to you say your worst habits are? Um, well, they're probably fairly obvious, I've got a few. Uh, <laughs> Talking too much, um, probably a bad habit. Um, yeah, definitely talking too much. Getting too loud, maybe when I've had a drink, I'm very loud. People have to tell me to quiet down. I think those are kind of the bad habits, maybe. Talking too much and being quite loud. We'll stick with them. 
Is that it's not not bad though, is it? You wanted something a lot more gross, didn't you? But genuinely, I don't I don't have. I mean, I can tell you about my children's habits, and they're disgusting. But I, uh, you know, no, you're okay, thanks. <laughs> I know children are gross. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. Yeah, Just me I talking think... too much. Nice and nice. Leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, if you ask your friends to describe you, what three words would they use? Oh, can I swear? No, uh, irritating. <laughs> um, I think they think I was funny, but irritating. So, like, kind of depends what mood they're in. Friends, they either hate me and don't want me there at that point, <laughs> or they want me there and I make them laugh. So it's one of the two. Depends what mood they're in. So irritating, funny. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think they think that I was like um, driven because I must. They must think I'm driven. I've never asked them. They must think I am because you know I, I get books out and you know I, I, I do what I do in my other job as well. So I'd like to think they think I was um, efficient or driven. So so yeah, irritating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's not a great selling point, is it? I wouldn't say that in an interview for a job. So in, irritating, um, funny, um, so one of, uh, and, and driven. There we go. Those three. Are you uh, going to go and ask them now and see what yeah. they're, they're going to be? I imagine they'll just all say good looking, but no, I'm sure they won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they'll all say irritating. So there you go. That's probably, if, <laughs> don't do a poll on that one on Facebook. <laughs> just don't do that to me because then you will get a lot of people I know writing writing awful words on your I'm sure uh, they would I'm sure they'd all be lovely he's a nice guy and supportive and friendly I'm sure yeah, it's all yeah yeah we'll go with that then write them down <laughs> <laughs> I won't believe anything else <laughs> hopefully they'll go with them Fine. yeah out. Be funny if you get a bunch of messages now just basically swearing at your insult in your <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. True. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, on. Okay. So far, you've got fraggle, irritating, anymore. <laughs> no, I'll be nice now. <laughs> um, and as uh, I'm conscious of time, um, you said you're working on book three. So do you have any idea of what you're going to do after that? Um, so I think we kind of talked about this before. I can't remember if we talked about this in this interview or the last one, but we, I think we talked about, I just got to kind of see where I, where I feel. I mean, at the moment, I'm toying with two ideas, but those two ideas could be in the bin tomorrow. So I'll tell you the two ideas and then, and then you can hold this and they'll be in the bin. So the first idea was Lacey, Lacey Gray, because she's a popular character. I was thinking of going back and maybe writing some stories from her younger years. That was one idea. Other ideas were writing them for the younger years, then bringing them up to the present day to tie in with the York novels. But obviously they would stand separately from 
same way the killing fleet can stand there, uh, JPEG members can stand separately from the, your books, even though they're in the same world, they can sort of stand on their own. So I was thinking about Lacey. Um, I was also thinking about Gardner, Emma Gardner, who's a popular character from the York books, but with York, so a, a series maybe around York and Gardner, so maybe York and Gardner thrillers or something like that. So there was a couple of things that I'm toying with. Also, where's Jake going after this trilogy? I don't know. I have to see how he respond. Um, so far, the response to the killing pit has been very positive. Um, would they want to see more Jake or would they want to see more York? At the moment, I'm sure they'd say York because the six books into York, but then after three books of Jake, it still feel the same way, I don't know. So yeah, so there's a couple of things up in the air um, and we'll have to see how, I think, how readers, I mean, I owe the readers, you know, as I, you know, I've got a loyal, I've got a loyal readership now who've been ever so kind and extremely grateful for that. And I think, you know, I think it's nice to let the readers have their say as well, as well. So we'll see what they, see how they all feel after this trilogy. I'll, I'll take the temperature, see how I feel about what I want to write next. I mean, I'm ambitious to try and put out about three books a year. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that takes me. Well, they both sound really exciting. So whichever you decide to go with, then I will look forward to reading them. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> Although I will read anything you write now. So that's a really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll be interested to know what you think of uh, Iron Bone. Anyway, the sequels of the Killing Pit. If you yeah, managed. yeah, I might have a few choice new words for you then as well. <laughs> yeah, as I, I can't probably. Uh, I will see. I won't say too much about it. It's yeah. definitely the sequel. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay. Um, well, I don't think I have any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you. Um, no, I think I think we've covered it. We've, we've looked at the new release. We talked about the old releases. We look forward to the new releases. Um, which was a puppet, um, and yeah. We've established that I'm irritating, so you know it's all <laughs> they go away feeling positive from this. <laughs> so, would you like to remind everyone what your new book looks like and where they can find it and where they can find so, it? Unfortunately, I've only got a proof copy here, um, so this is not for resale, but you'll be able to find this um, on Amazon. It's called The Killing Pit, um, and it's Anybody that enjoyed the York books, I don't think you're disappointed with this. Um, it's in the same world, even though it's set in a different country. You know, the same characters, there might be references to old favourites. I'm not going to spoil too much for you there, but it is totally, could be read. If you've never read any York books, you'll be able to dive straight into this and not need to know a single thing about York um, on the flip side. So either know York or don't know York, you can get the killing pit and have a look at it now. And the good thing about reading this is that you won't have long to wait for the sequel if you enjoy it, which will be about a month and a half. And then if you enjoy the sequel, you'll only have to wait a couple of months for the next one. So I'll try to keep them fairly rapid fire this time so people don't forget 
um, the interest in, shall we use the word interest in, or the, the um, uh, dis, not disturbing, I wouldn't say disturbing, would you say disturbing? Or the interesting story, let's keep it interesting. The interesting storylines that I establish in the community. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Unsettling, unsettling, that's a better That's word. a good word, yeah. Unsettling, well, I don't want to feel like you've been disturbed. I like to feel like you've been unsettled and you'd like to be settled down again. So once you've gone through the three books, you'll feel settled again. Okay. Yeah, and also thinking you're completely insane. <laughs> yeah, going for, I'm not that insane. Go for, I will, I've said my love for a fraggle. Um, going from <laughs> unsettled to settled over three books. How's that for a pitch? Yeah. Okay. So you might want to wait for the third book, but actually I don't want you to do that because I'd like I'd like to have new readers and talk to them. <laughs> so don't wait. Get unsettled for the next six months. <laughs> You'll be settled in six months' time, I promise. Okay. I'm okay. going to write my review when we're finished as well. Right. Thank you. Everyone. So everyone, you'll be able to read Donna's review and know whether the book's for you or not. Okay. Yeah, it'll no be a five star easily. So if that helps anyone decide, then yes, I just need to decide how to word it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then distract yourself with the sequel. Yes. I will um, after I've finished the next arc, <laughs> which I've got to read for Friday. I know. I, you know, you must be extremely busy. Thank you for taking the time to read mine. Anytime, it's a pleasure, always. <laughs> Thanks, Donna. No worries.